Hello, everyone. I'm going to do something a little unconventional today. First of all, I'd just like to express our gratitude for the many of you who listened to the season four premiere. It's been our most listened to premiere yet, so thank you for tuning in. Now, as you're all aware, we release bonus content on Patreon, so I thought I'd give you a little peek at one of the episodes we released over there last year. We refer to these as sticky notes, and they're not typically as long or metaplot related as the content we share on the main feed, but they're just as strange nonetheless. I hope you enjoy. You're listening to The Storage Papers, Sticky Notes, the exclusive Patreon-only show within a show, where I review documents that are short and lack the additional documentation needed for standard, full-length episodes of The Storage Papers. This week's note is entitled, Hands. People like labels. It makes it easier to judge people and their intentions when you can rely on a bunch of bullshit predefined characterizations instead of practicing even the most negligible amount of empathy. Some labels you just can't shake off. Addict. Thief. Deadbeat. Loser. Criminal. Just to name a few. It's easy for them to forget about other labels, like the single father or combat veteran. I'm all of the above. It certainly doesn't plead my case when I say this, but believe me, I'm not a bad guy. I'm a good person who does bad and often very stupid things. All I ask is that before I tell this story, you put those labels in your back pocket and reserve judgment. I was doing okay when I got out of the service, but then I lost my wife and I was left alone to raise my little girl. Not long after that, I lost my second job, and then a back injury left me with a taste for pills that I couldn't keep a prescription for. Things weren't easy, but if I played my cards right, things could be just a little bit easier. I could fix this. I had this idea. A very, inarguably stupid, awful, bad idea. I would scroll through social media and news sites, peruse those big bulletin boards up by the security offices at the mall and by the restrooms at the local big box stores, looking for missing kids. When I found one with parents that looked like they might have a little cash, I'd send them a letter. A ransom. I came up with a few reasons it might not work out. The kid turns up somewhere. They catch up with the deranged mother or father who couldn't handle their joint custody agreement, or they find the kid's body somewhere. That's all assuming that the police didn't manage to make a mess of things. None of that stuff really mattered, though. There were probably a hundred ways this could have gone, and most of them were negative. If I were going to pull this off, I'd just have to roll with the punches. The kid I picked had brown hair and blue eyes. Not much of a smile. It looked like they'd used a school photo, and the navy blazer and tight comb of his hair told me it was a private school, maybe even a Catholic school. Something about this particular poster stood out, but I wasn't sure in which way. 
It was only a day later that I tracked down the address and sent the letter. There was a lot of construction nearby. I guess there's still a lot of construction. So I asked them to leave the money in a gym bag at one of the sites, a future high-rise. They had just this one chance to see their boy alive again, or so I claimed. I cut the power to the motion lights and the cameras, and crossed my fingers that I didn't overlook any security guards or off-duty police at my previous visits. I'd left my daughter with my sister for the night. I told her I was working late. The moon was overtaken by the rolling shadows of clouds, so I guess that really wasn't a lie. It was 1am. Every passing vehicle gave me a knot in my stomach. A reminder that the city really doesn't sleep. I was surprised when only one person showed up, and I was even more surprised that it looked to be a woman. Her red peacoat was striking, and she balanced on three-inch heels across the mud and gravel in a way I'd never seen a woman do before. Her car was running, and the headlights illuminated her path. She made her way to the center of the lot before raising the gym bag up to the level of her chest and then letting go of it. The bag dropped with a thud that echoed into the night to which the woman seemed to have no reaction. Instead, she softly pivoted and made her way back the way she had come. I watched the car long enough to see its taillights blur away in the distance, before I shimmed out of my hiding spot to check on my spoils. The bag was heavier than it should have been. $100,000 worth of paper had absolutely no chance of carrying the weight that this bag had. The size and the heft were all wrong. I didn't have time to check, not then and not when I made it back to my car, tossing it in the trunk. When I laid it on my bed and unzipped it, I understood. The bag was full of hands. The hands were all different skin tones and sizes. There must have been 15 or 20 of them. They twitched and writhed, climbing over each other like spiders and pouring out of the bag. The hands crawled into every available space. They scattered into the dresser drawers, under the bed, into the closet, like roaches when you turn on a light. But one stayed put. The hand trembled, still in the center of the bag, holding a piece of paper. I took it and read it aloud. Where I'm from, they cut off the hands of thieves. However, you seem desperate. Collect all of the hands and bring them back to me before sunrise, and the money is yours. In fact, there will be more than enough to care for you and your daughter. Be forewarned, if you fail to do this before the setting sun, I will take your hands and they will join the others. I scrambled to collect the hands, but they put up a fight. I had a feeling that whoever it was that had issued this challenge would be displeased if I returned them damaged and that made it much more difficult. The hands drugged themselves into hard-to-reach spaces, and had soon taken over the whole apartment, settling into every small crevice they could jam themselves into. They dug their nails into my skin as I yanked them up and tossed them into the bag, ripping the zipper closed before any of the others could squeeze out. While I did my best to capture them, the hands did their best to sow chaos. Lights flickered on and off. The smell of gas alerted me to the stove burner that one of them must have turned on. The television flipped rapidly through different channels at full volume. Eventually, I was able to catch what I believed to be all of the hands, 
They pushed and scratched and stretched the material of the bag. I held on to it for dear life, afraid I'd drop it or the hands would somehow tear their way through. They did not. Eventually, the hands began calming down as I made my way back on foot to the construction site. The closer I got, the more they began to settle, until soon enough, they were practically dead weight. She was waiting for me when I arrived. The sky was gray, but the sun hadn't risen yet. I'd made it, and I'd collected all the hands, or so I thought. She was still wearing the red peacoat and heels, but I could see more of her now. She wore a white dress that almost blended in with her pale skin, and she had shoulder-length brown hair and blue eyes. It reminded me of the boy I'd seen in the picture. A thin smile crept across her face before revealing her teeth, sharp and white. As she raised the bag to her chest, she said something that made my heart sink and stomach knot. You came so close. I was confused, but she went on. You've returned all but one of my hands. Bile rose up in my throat. I wasn't sure what would happen next. She placed her hand on her chin in an exaggerated gesture to show she was thinking before raising a finger into the air and sharing her awful idea. It's still not quite sunrise. Bring me a hand to replace the one you left behind. I didn't have much time. I thought a lot in those few seconds about what all of this was even for. About how I got myself into all of this. My addiction. The stack of unpaid bills sitting on my kitchen table. My late wife. My little girl. The fake ransom letter. The hands. I raced deeper into the construction site until I found what I was looking for. I believe it was a brick saw, but I'm not sure why they had it on this site. I turned it on, and the saw blade whirred to life. Without thinking, I lowered it over my wrist. It screamed and popped and snapped through my wrist, and onto the gravel plopped my hand. Blood covered the machinery and myself, and was pouring out around me. Everything was spinning and getting brighter. I was going to die. Before I lost consciousness, I felt something slap onto my chest. It was my hand. The woman stood over me, that jagged smile ever present on her face. She told me to keep it, said I had dealt with enough. A construction worker found me. The surgeons were able to reattach my hand, but I was told I would never feel anything in it again. I probably wouldn't ever be able to close my fingers all of the way either. My sister and daughter came to visit me, relieved that I was still alive after my horrible accident. My sister promised she'd care for my girl as long as it took for me to recover, which was only a few weeks. I thought a lot about the bills piling up in those few weeks. When I returned home, I smiled seeing my little girl's shoes next to the front door and a welcome home banner on the wall in the living room. It was 7 o'clock, so I thought I'd let her sleep in a bit. To my surprise, the gym bag was on my bed and inside of it was almost a million dollars in cash. I cried, and then I popped a Percocet, and then I went to check on my daughter. I forgot about something the woman told me. I'd brought back all but one of the hands, 
My daughter lay in her bed, her eyes open, staring blankly at the ceiling. A severed hand gripped around her neck. Well, that's all I have on this story for now, but I'm always looking for more. If I come across anything else, I'll be sure to update you guys, and if anyone out there has any idea what I'm looking at here, please feel free to reach out to me through social media or through our website at thestoragepapers.com. Until then, thank you for your continued support, and thank you for tuning in to the Storage Papers Sticky Notes. I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode, and if you're interested in more like this, head over to patreon.com slash grinnermedia where patrons, who we call curators, have access to our entire backlog of bonus content that we add to every month. We'll be back next week with our normal episode, and if you've been following my story from the beginning, you aren't going to want to miss it. Stay safe out there.